seriously, Cassie, that was amazing. Oh, good. I'm glad it's helpful. Yeah, I was taking it was, notes left and right. I really was. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Ooh, I, I know. I'm like, I'm like all embarrassed now. Like, and you're right. You're absolutely right. I would rather stand in front of my doctor naked than show you my books right now. Like, no, I promise everything you're telling me, it's not new. It's not even the worst I've seen or heard. <laughs> Once we get over that, then we've kind of got that common ground and they're a little bit more okay. But yeah. We're subpar to our own personal expectations. So I want every single person to stop and listen and realize that, you know what? You are awesome. The fact you're even stopping and thinking about it means you are leaps and bounds others who are being a little bit more stubborn in the moment. And we've all made mistakes in our finances. I have. I've made massive mistakes in our business finances. And I look back here and go, well, that was, that was a dumb move. But you know, it's okay. Because again, we've got that human element. So take a step back and go, okay, I am a human. I do the best I can with the resources that I have and the time that I have. So give yourself permission to be human. Welcome to the Macy Backend of Entrepreneurship. This is Lee Cassells, co-founder of SFQ Consulting. We all know that the backend is where most businesses fail, and I can tell you from my experience that all businesses have them, from solopreneurs to large corporations. This podcast is all about cleaning up that messy backend so you can save time, make money, and succeed. And now, here are your hosts, Sheila J. Logan and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today, especially if you don't know your numbers. You need to be the Mick Jagger of the mailroom, the Warren Buffett of bookkeeping, and the Bono of stapler selling. <laughs> there you go. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with my friend, Cassie Kramer, about bookkeeping and knowing your numbers. And believe me, she knows what she's talking about. Cassie was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. Cassie is a wife and mother of two beautiful children and a rock star business owner. When she's not closing down new clients, she loves to spend her time reading, working with power tools, or getting out and into the beautiful Utah mountains. Those mountains are beautiful up there. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert, Cassie, will not only share her experience, expertise, and the tools she suggests to get your back end cleaned up, but she'll also expose what to do if you've already started to find yourself in a financial mess. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy back end, you're not alone. And you would like to submit your story or question, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank y'all so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Back End. Coming soon, watch for The Messy Back End of Being a Single Mom, as well as many other messy back end topics from photography, speaking, book writing, traveling, and more. How would you like to have your very own Messy Back End podcast? Find out more about how you can use our team, our brand, and our online platforms to start and build your own Messy Back End podcast. Visit themessybackend.com slash join for details. Nate and I would love to be on your podcast or speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking to send us your event details and learn more about us and our speaking topics. Thank you to our sponsor, Yes Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. 
Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Don't forget to subscribe, folks, to our podcast. Head on over to themessybackend.com slash subscribe so you never miss an episode. Plus, check us out on Facebook and YouTube to see full video episodes. Now on to our expert, Cassie Kramer, for her expert advice. Don't mess your teeth, folks. Here we go. Today we have one of our messiest questions submitted by one of our listeners. How do I manage my bookkeeping as a new business? I can't afford a bookkeeper. And is there a way to fix my books once I've already gotten started? Yes. So this is probably one of my favorite things to talk about because we have all, let's be honest, we've all been there as a new business owner. We're coming in, we're wearing 17 different hats and trying to manage everything we're doing. And one of those is trying to manage your financials and Let's be honest, if you're a bookkeeper, you wouldn't be doing your current business, you'd be a bookkeeper. So um, there's definitely some tools, tricks, and, and tidbits we can share to kind of put into your tool belt there uh, to pull out as you're managing your books to kind of help you uh, navigate the crazy world of accounting and financials and budgeting and all that other good fun stuff. Yeah, because Nate and I are not bookkeepers. <laughs> no, no, I am, that. I am not. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, there's some common mistakes that we come across. Anytime we take over a new set of books that business owners have tried their best to kind of try and manage, there's usually some common mistakes we find. So we'll just kind of dive in through those and see if we can give a couple of tidbits uh, to help some of those, those business owners who are stressing out just a little bit about their books. Um, so the very first mistake we see most often, uh, which is kind of sad, and but yeah, very understandable, is not bookkeeping at all. Meaning you are looking at your bank account going, okay, here's how much money I have right now. And then you come back the next day, okay, here's how much money I have now. And then you come back the next day, okay, here's how much money I have now. And then by the end of your fiscal year, when it's time to manage your, your taxes and get your information over to your CPA to get that filed, you're usually handing your CPA a whole bunch of bank statements and everything else and saying, here, figure this out. Not recommended at all. One, because CPAs typically don't manage bookkeeping when they do. It's not cheap. Um, so if you're currently handing this over to your, be- to your bookkeeping to your CPA, you're probably paying quite a large amount for that. So, there's so a- real quick for those people who, who don't quite, I mean, because we do have a lot of listeners who are brands banking new. Explain what a CPA is, the difference between a CPA and a bookkeeper. So your bookkeeper is the one that comes in and manages your books. Now your books are your financials. So anytime you make a transaction, you send an invoice, uh, someone pays you, you pay a vendor, you have an employee that you're paying. That is all typically managed by your bookkeeper because when you make an expense, it has various uh, purposes within your financials, depending upon how you're set up. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, everyone's buying pencils and pens and paper, just about every business needs that. That is under its own separate category, because when it comes down to taxes, there's different benefits to that as opposed to, oh, I took a client out for a, uh, a lunch meeting. That is taxed very differently. And there's different benefits that your business is able to glean from that. So your bookkeeper is the one that accurately categorizes and sets everything where it's supposed to be for your financial reports. They typically help with your financial reports to make sure that everything is adding up the way it's supposed to, because we want to make sure what's actually happening in your business is what's reflecting in your book. And then usually they're the ones that help with your receipt documentation, your invoice documentation, your vendor fees and expenses. Like I said, your employees, sometimes they help run payroll, take care of your payroll taxes, things like that. Some bookkeepers will even go as far as uh, helping file like your sales tax and along that route. 
your CPA, depending upon um, their specialty, the, the couple that I partner with, they're very much all about, yes, let's get your tax, your business taxes filed. Let's get your personal taxes filed. But they're also really big on your tax strategizing because depending upon your business and your industry, there are different ways you can maximize your tax benefits. They also help you plan out your taxes. So if you have various goals on what you're going to do with, with your business, like if you're planning to sell it in the next five years, if you're planning to qualify for a business line of credit, various things like that, there's certain things you need to show and your CPA can help you plan and manage all of that. CPAs and EAs, enrolled agents, they are specially trained for taxes. Uh, that's not something you want your bookkeeper coming into do unless they are specially trained for that. I have clients ask me all the time about tax questions. I don't touch that with a 10-foot pole because I'm not specially trained. I love my CPA partners. I love those who come and do that because that is where they shine. I shine in making things all pretty and happy and beautiful with your finances. So those are kind of the, the two differences between the two roles there. Okay, cool. Yeah, that really helps so that when they know, like, as you're going forward with like your process, that they understand the difference. Because I think for us, yeah. a lot of people, the first thing they think is they need to call an accountant or a CPA or something like that. And they don't because like you said, I mean, they're hundreds of dollars an hour sometimes. Yeah. And you don't want them like saying, here's my travel receipts. You don't want them to like log your travel receipts, right? You want exactly. somebody like you to do that because you're going to be, you know, you're going to make it nice and pretty for, for later on. So cool. Thanks for exactly. explaining that. You bet. For new business owners, you're coming in and you're trying to get your stuff taken care of. Like I said, there's a couple of steps that you can take to make sure your books are as accurate and pretty as possible. So the first one is actually doing your bookkeeping. So there's various ways you can do it. Um, there are some people who say, you know what, I love my pen and paper and my calculator because it's what I know and I'm used to. Fabulous. If that's what you like to do and what you're comfortable with, rock and roll with that. Um, there are various accounting softwares you can use as well, though, that can help with that process. And there's a couple of my favorites that we'll go and share depending upon your needs and what it is you're looking for there. Um, so the first one that is probably the most well-known here in the U.S. is through Intuit, and that is QuickBooks. There's QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks Desktop, and there's a couple of big key differences between those two. Um, QuickBooks Desktop, I feel is a little bit more user-friendly. There are some upfront costs with it. So in order to purchase the software, I believe it starts at around $200 for the year. So it's not necessarily a cheap software. Now you can upgrade it in the next year because there's various new things that come out, various upgrades, or I believe you can keep that software and just hold on to it until it's no longer viable. Because remember, your softwares have to match your computer abilities. That is one option. So if you're looking just to make one investment, something that's a little bit more user-friendly, absolutely go QuickBooks desktop route. One of the cons of going QuickBooks desktop though, is that it is a desktop software. So that means it is stuck to your computer. So if you are deciding, oh, we are going to go visit family for Christmas, but I still need to update my books, you got to do it before you go, or you've got to have some sort of um, remote access software or something to be able to access it because it's staying right there on your computer. So if you have this at your office, you're only doing your books at your office. If you have it at home, you're only doing your books at home. You can export and do all that fun stuff. It's not always the prettiest, and there are some things that can be messed up, so you might find yourself redoing some work. But like I said, depending upon how you are set up, that is absolutely one of the options. The next option, $200 for a year for software, that's pretty good deal. And, you know, for a lot of us who 
Um, like Nate and I, we just use our laptops. And so we take that everywhere we go anyway. I mean, $200 for a year for a software, that's really good price. Don't you think Nate? I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, for a professional level software, like I pay more than that for my photo editing softwares and stuff like that. So yeah. one little thing and, um, Cassie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but can't you also write off that program as a business expense? You absolutely can. Absolutely. Any of the softwares you invest into, as long as they are specifically for your books and for your business, then that is absolutely one of those business expenses. Your CPA, your tax professional can come in and say they purchased the software for their business. So that helps managing your taxes. Absolutely. So, but like I said, the software can start at 200, depending upon your type of business. So if you go in and you're looking at it and go, oh, my business has a bunch of inventory and invoicing and, and building out of these various projects, it's going to be a little bit more because it's a lot more intensive with the needs of it. So just be aware. The other part of QuickBooks though is QuickBooks Online, and that is a cloud-based software. I personally recommend this one if you're looking to be partnering with a bookkeeper here in the next year or two, just because it's a heck of a lot easier to get things to match over. You can do your bank feed coming in. There's a lot of ways you can kind of get that to work out in your favor. And it's always evolving. And that's one of the neat things is it's a subscription based. So depending again on your needs, if you partner with an accounting professional who um, will help with your wholesale pricing, but isn't necessarily doing your books, which I don't necessarily recommend because there needs to be something to help them out. But it can start as low well as $20 a month. But if you just go in and do it yourself, it starts, I believe, at $35 or $40 a month. So you can see if you annualize that out, it's double, if not a little bit more uh, to start than what it would be with QuickBooks Desktop. Um, but it is always evolving. And if you don't necessarily have a couple hundred dollars up front and you can swallow $40 a month a little easier, that can be a little bit easier for you to manage as well. But like I said, with that one, I personally prefer it. It's not quite as intuitive if you don't have your accounting background, because that's when things can kind of get jumbled and not quite as clear. But it's, it's certainly something where if you put in the time and effort and energy, you can absolutely learn it. There's a lot of tools available to you from Intuit for QuickBooks Online training. They're very good at training. So like I said, if you can invest a little bit more time, it's, it's definitely a very doable option. Well, and they, when you sign up for that, for that $40 a month, I had signed up for that before. They actually provide training to you. That's like one of the things. Oh, and you can always ask questions. You can submit yeah. them. You can do a chat or they'll even hop on the phone with you. And actually my CPA offered to help me set it up for free yes. because it's easier for them if I know what I'm doing when I'm entering it. So if I don't have a bookkeeper, yeah. which is like the best thing to do to hire Cassie anyway, is if you <laughs> have to do it yourself, it really, it used to be intuitive with the first time I ever used it years ago, but now it's not as intuitive as it, as it used mm -hmm. to be. Absolutely. To and that, that is a really good point. A lot of uh, CPAs, if you engage with them, they'll help you set up like your chart of account, which is one of the, the features in there within QuickBooks. So you want to make sure it's, it's there and correct they can help you do that. Now, there might be a little bit of a fee or they might do it for free depending upon how they set that up. But that's another really good cost-effective way to go is having your, your CPA come in and help you. Because again, they like it when things come to them nice and pretty because they've got a lot of clients they're trying to get through in a very short amount of time. So the prettier it is for them, the less time they're investing, which means the faster they're able to crank through everything and hopefully get a little bit of sleep during tax time. And so. it's cheaper for you. 
much cheaper for you. You, like I said, we're all about trying to bring things back and make things as cost effective for you. Cause let's be honest, if you're spending more money than you make, you don't have a business for long, right? right. <laughs> so, so QuickBooks, that's one of the softwares, like I said, uh, desktop and online. The next one you can use is a little bit more popular outside of the U.S. In fact, I believe they originated outside of New Zealand, but they're becoming a little bit more popular here than the U.S. And that's zero. And that's X-E-R-O. I like them. Uh, if you do not have an accounting background, I believe they are a lot more intuitive. They also have really, really, really good customer service. QuickBooks and Intuit, they have decent. If it's a little bit busier, it's harder to get through. But with Zero, they've had a really good customer service support. And that's probably one of my favorite parts about them is their support to help you. Because again, they want to keep you as a customer. They like having their customers. They like, especially in the US, they like having more of, a, of an authority here. So they want to try and keep you happy so you can refer others and, and do that sort of thing. They are a little bit more cost effective. Another one that's out there that is free is Wave. Uh, wave accounting or wave financial. I can't remember which I just call them wave. Last I heard they are free. I'm not a big fan in the bookkeeping side because they're not quite as in depth with all of their reporting and capabilities. But again, if you have the business side where you're service based, where you are meaning you're not selling inventory, you don't have any physical item you're selling. So if you're service based, uh, if you don't have to manage things like sales tax and things like that, that could be a decent option for you as long as you're not going too deep into your accounting. And if you're still small enough, that might be something you want to take a look at doing. And like I said, I believe they're free with upgrade options. Yeah, I, uh, I've used them yeah. for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love them. I was going to ask you about them. Like as a bookkeeper, because <laughs> as an end user, I love it. Very simple to use yeah. and everything. But like you said, I don't sell physical products. It's just yeah. services that, I, that I'm a service-based yeah. industry. And so it makes it really easy. I'm able to go in and say, yes, here are my website expenses. So they can put it in there. And when I do these type of things, like tracking receipts are all super easy. Basically they make their money because they're trying to get you to say, okay, I've fallen in love with using you guys. And when it's time to grow and start using like payroll services or sending out invoices, um, they just take a little bit of each transaction, which most companies do anyway, whenever you're yeah. running invoicing and credit cards through it. So that's how they're making their money. And so they still provide a pretty decent product for free, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And that's where I'm going. Again, if Wave is not as friendly, if you are trying to get as you're growing, then you kind of cross that threshold because there's a point where it, it will cap out for you. And like I said, there are some businesses where it just, it won't cap out because your business is set up so beautifully. So for example, yours, the way you and Sheila do your, your businesses and such, I honestly don't know if you'll ever cap out with that. A lot of other businesses though, you guys are kind of one in the field. A lot of others will kind of hit that point when you, when you start turning that over. And especially once that does, it's not the most friendly when you're wanting to start partnering with accounting software or accounting professionals. I mean, it's still, it's still something you can use there's there's ways around it if you find the right accounting professional you can always do some sort of work around there's always some creative solution there but yeah it is definitely a, a fairly decent software that is for sure and then last but not least this is probably my favorite because it's how i learned bookkeeping and i'm a little bit of a nerd but excel or i guess google sheets uh, i'm not a big fan of google sheets because i like excel but using any sort of spreadsheets now, this is a really big benefit because it's included. Usually Google Sheets is, 
it's free if you have your your Google suite or in your Gmail or, or your Google Drive. Excel is available. Again, you can either purchase your software directly, have it for a few years and then upgrade, or you can do Office 365, which I believe is like $17 a month, if I remember correctly. Then you've got your Word, Excel, PowerPoint, all that Outlook, all that good fun stuff. Benefits with that, of course, it's a little bit easier because you're in control of the software. You don't have the rules of the software holding you back going, well, no, it needs to go this way when you're sitting there going, no, I actually want it to do this. It's a lot easier, in my opinion, to get things to change. Say you go, oh, I want to adjust this. It's not usually tied in and locked into the big software rules. With that said, it can be a little bit of a learning curve because unless you're wanting to invest a lot of time, like it would be if you're handwriting everything in and in a notebook, you definitely want to start learning some of those formulas, something to help you balance everything out and do your checks and balances or else you'll be doing all of that by hand, which is again, fine. It's just taking a lot of time. Depending upon where it is for me, I got to a point where it didn't take a lot of time because I learned my formulas. I learned how I wanted everything to go and I developed that process, which is huge. And just about anything you do with your business, right? Processes are huge, but until you have kind of gone through that learning curve, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a time investment. Those are some of my favorite softwares and ways you can manage your books directly. Um, so if you're not currently managing your books or doing your bookkeeping, great place to start because everything else from there you can rock and roll with. Now, once you have your books set up and in place and you're starting to track, there are a couple of things that can help. One, make sure everything is accurate and correct and beautiful. And two, it can make sure that you are not falling too far behind because I don't know about you guys, but if I try to think back on what a purchase was, let's be honest, six months ago, I'm kind of racking my brain a little bit. And right. the harder it is for you to prove what things are for, if you're ever audited, the more likely the IRS is going to get a little excited because they get to really start digging into your stuff and pulling it apart. So keeping up and active is going to be a big thing. So one of the uh, next pieces you can do to keep your books and you've got them there set is reconciling. Now reconciling is your bank statements, your books, whichever form you have of there, whether it's pen and paper, software, whatever it may be, and your brain, and you're making sure every single one of those pieces match each other. So in accounting software, there's a couple of various resources you can use. So for example, with QuickBooks, they have an actual reconcile tool. Well, they'll go match up all of the transactions, all of your debits and all of your credits, so your all your deposits, your withdrawals, and make sure it's matching. So you'll put in your previous bank statement amount, your ending bank statement amount, and then it'll calculate everything and make sure your checks and balances are in place. It'll also pull if there's any potential duplicate transactions. So say something hiccuped or you made a mistake somewhere, that is where it'll show. So if there's a duplicate transaction or you entered something wrong, you had a little bit of brain freeze and you switched some numbers, which I've done plenty of times because numbers tend to run together. That is your checks and balances and making sure your bank statement, which is your actual transactions, your accounting software, which is all of your reporting, and your brain, which needs to be at ease knowing that everything's okay, is all matching. So reconciling is one of those big, big, big ones. So if you have your books in place and you've not actually reconciled, go Google your, your software, whatever it is you're using, see if there's a reconcile option. If there is, go do that because there's probably something you've missed. Reconciling will be huge. Another behavior that tends to happen in businesses that a lot of business owners aren't fully aware of, and even a lot of professionals, I was talking with a banker kind of mine that didn't realize why uh, this was such an issue, but it's commingling. 
what commingling is, is that you have your business funds and you have your personal funds. And commingling is when they start touching each other, okay? So for example, you are out at the grocery store and you pull out a credit card and you pay for your groceries. Oh, that was your business card. That is commingling. Or you are out at the store and you need to buy some pens some paper and office equipment. Oh, I don't have my business. Okay, I'll just do my personal card. So that is commingling because you did a uh, business expense with your personal. Now, keep in mind that there is an element of being human. We, we are all human. We make mistakes. I've done it where I've pulled out my card and did it. And, oh, shoot. I didn't mean to do that. It happens. The biggest thing to keep in mind, though, is that that is a behavior you do not want to be repeating over and over again. And there's a couple of reasons why. One, if you are audited, keeping things separate means that it's a little bit easier for you to be able to back up all of your purchases, uh, whatever that looks like. You know, the less you're bringing in from here and doing that, the less the IRS has to go on and questioning your integrity with your taxes, right? Which we all want to make sure. <laughs> Our integrity is fairly intact. But probably one of the most important things with this, though, is if there's ever a liability issue, either in your business life or your personal life, your business, so your LLC, acts as a barrier between your business assets and your personal assets. So if something were to happen, so say you cause a car accident and exceeds your car insurance uh, limits, and now you're liable for additional damages your personal assets may be on the line. Now, what you wanna make sure you have is a very clear barrier between, again, your business assets and your personal by not commingling so that there's a much harder time for an attorney to poke through that barrier to get to your business assets. Same with your business life. If something happens in your business life, you don't want your personal assets on the line. So keeping your commingling at a very, very bare minimum is huge. Now, with that said, Anytime any of us have opened up any sort of business, there's usually investments we have to make personally into our business. So anytime that happens, my suggestion with that is that you cut a check. So you open up a business account. Most credit unions, they're free. There might be some minimums you have to have in there, but they're usually free. Um, or if there are fees, they're fairly inexpensive each month. So cut a check to your business and make that deposit and then make those withdrawals from your business account directly. Do not set up a separate personal checking account and just use it for your business expenses. That doesn't count. Yes, it helps with your accounting, but it doesn't help keep that barrier in place. That's another thing. If you're currently doing that, get that cleaned up, make a promise to yourself, you're going to get your finances in order and rock and roll from there. As far as staying up to date and making sure things are doing as they're supposed to, setting a calendar appointment and having it be an actual, this is my appointment. I'm not overrunning this with a business meeting or uh, with a client project or whatever it is. Set it at least semi-monthly. Do your books at least twice a month. If you can do weekly, great, do that. But if not, at least twice a month, get those books up. That way you've got all of your documentation there and it's taken care of. Set a budget process. So there's a lot of budgeting options out there and a lot of methods. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of bookkeeping is I can help business owners set their budget so they're turning their profits, doing what they're supposed to. Some of those can really help with your bookkeeping. So if you don't currently have a budget process in place, start researching some. Dave Ramsey is definitely one of those favorite ones. He's got some for a lot of personal, but you can adapt it over to your business life as well. Especially if you opened up your business with debt, that might be a good idea. 
the profit first method is probably one of my favorite that you can read that book or I believe it's even on audible, uh, but it's by Mike. Mark really Lick. long last name. Yes. He's a, <laughs> oh goodness. What is it? Do you say German? Mm, I don't know. But it's, yes. I, I've never been able to pronounce it. I butchered every time, but if you look for the profit first method by Mike M, <laughs> you'll <laughs> yeah. find it. That's one of my favorites to do with all the betching because it is to be kind idiot proof. I mean, there's times where I, I do idiot stupid things. And so having my method in place there, it kind of helps save me when I go, Oh yeah, it was that. And then of course, just going through it and setting a budget for yourself and setting your different categories that can really help with your bookkeeping as well. Um, you'd be surprised actually how much easier it is to not only do your bookkeeping, but again, make sure your financials are healthy. Because again, you got to make sure we're spending less than what we're making so our business stays in business. And then managing your documentation. So it's great when you have your receipts in a shoebox with a label 2020 on it. What's not great is when they're all mixed together and there's four different bank accounts. Oh, plus your credit cards. That's going to hurt your brain super, super, super fast. So Manage your documentation, your invoices, your receipts, any of those uh, financial agreements you have. And my suggestion is get a scanner app on your phone. If you don't have one already, scan that up into Dropbox, scan it up into even just on your desktop, the Google Drive, some sort of platform you have where you can organize it out by month, by bank account. And again, if you do this, twice a month, so much easier to manage and a heck of a lot less time and your brain will hurt a lot less. And then last but not least, when you have hit that point where you are just stressing and things are not staying up the way they're supposed to be, you're probably losing more money than what you'd invest if you were to invest into partnering with a CPA and or with a bookkeeper. Just because at that time, you're losing your valuable sales time, you're losing your growth time, you're losing your project time. Your brain is freaking out and you're stressing out about it, but you're procrastinating. So instead of actually sitting to your appointment, it's sitting in your brain for four or five days, a week, two weeks. You go, oh, I that weighs on your brain and you're probably losing money at that point. So that's when I definitely say start evaluating again those financials and see what it's cost you and what it would cost you to partner with a professional at that point. But again, only get to that point when you go, okay, I'm done. I need to do this. Because the last thing you want to do is start outsourcing a bunch of things. And then again, you start spending more than you're making. That's not helpful for anyone, right? Yeah. Um, but that's really when you're going through, you're setting up your books, managing everything, keeping it there. Those are some of the big key things that we find uh, we need to clean up on our end because they were just interesting. Those are those are some of my big favorite tips. Those are excellent. I have our biggest sayings here on the messy back end is if it tires you out, hire it out. Because if you're charging, you know, your clients $100, $200, $300 an hour, whatever you're charging your clients, and it's taking you six hours to do bookkeeping, and you hire a bookkeeper for $100, $200, $300 an hour, you're saving yourself two hours worth of time. It is worth every penny. If you could make more money working mm -hmm. than hiring it out, that's what you need to look at. For me, Absolutely. bookkeeping, it doesn't take a lot of time because I don't have a lot of expenses. I do have problems sometimes with my accounting, like where things are ending up and like the chart of accounts and stuff is a nightmare, those kind of little things. And then, you know, I am getting ready to sell one of my businesses. And so looking back, I'm realizing the things that I could have done differently. If I'd had a bookkeeper, I think it would have been smarter for me to do that. Look at the, the what it's going to cost you in your time, as opposed to 
what it's going to cost you to hire someone. Because if it's going to save exactly. you $400 to hire somebody for a hundred bucks, no brainer. Right. Pretty much. And I mean, we've, we've got a saying over here on our end, just because we're, we're all Meridians that we focus on, we help business owners do what they do best, which is building their business. And there's a degree where building your business is less of the other things that don't fire that passion. You know, again, if so keeping where your passion, you'd be doing what I'm doing. So the things that don't fire the passion in you end up becoming a hindrance after a point because you're just sitting there going, I've got so many other things I can focus on. And that is what grows your dream. That is what grows your business. That's what grows your financials. And that's where you start to see things really uh, snowball from there. We have just a few more minutes left. So let's talk about those people like, I don't know, maybe two people on this podcast who maybe got a little behind or a little messed up or, you know, what would be your number one best tip for somebody who here it is November, right? It's what November 20, whatever we're recording this. Is it 20th? Anyway, I don't even know what day it is. That's how bad it is. So (laughs) we're like at the end of the year, January is coming. This episode is going to come out next week around Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving day. And so what can we do on Thanksgiving day while we're listening to this going, Oh man, I'm messed up. You know, what would be your best thing, like to dig out the shoebox and start scanning? What would be your best tip for that? So first of all, and I feel like I need to take a step back and validate every single business owner out there. There's a saying that I've got uh, another financial associate of mine. He says it is easier to get naked in front of your doctor than what it is to open up about, open up about your finances. That is very true. Every single client or potential client I've ever talked to has felt very vulnerable in their finances, because we all feel like that we're subpar to our own personal expectations. So I want every single person to stop and listen and realize that you know what, you are awesome. The fact you're even stopping and thinking about it means you are leaps and bounds others who are being a little bit more stubborn in the moment. And we've all made mistakes in our finances. I have, I've made massive mistakes in our business finances. And I look back and go, well, that was, that was a dumb move. But you know, it's okay. Because again, we've got that human element. So take a step back and go, okay, I am a human. I do the best I can with the resources that I have and the time that I have. So give yourself permission to be human. Once you've given yourself permission to be human though, take a look at your books in general. So if you have an accounting software, look at your profit and loss report and look at your balance sheet. Take a glance through those and see if there's anything weird that just shouldn't be there. That's probably a, a really good place to start. If there's anything right that shouldn't be there. For example, I had a client and I turned around and went, wow, it looks like you've, you've had a great year. And he goes, wait, what are you talking about? What you've made almost double what you've spent? That's great. Uh, no. So he looked at it and there was an error in his books that double stated his income. Yes, it would have been very painful. We, he hired us on just in time. Otherwise, he would have had a lot of taxes to pay <laughs> without the finances to back it up. But take a look at those weird things where if you see that your business hit $100,000, but you go, um, I definitely did not make, start taking a look at some of those deposits. I'm sure you'll find something there that is just off or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing you can do is you can look at your bank transactions. Have you even entered everything into your register? So again, with QuickBooks, you have your financials coming in. They kind of sit in limbo until you officially put them into your register. If they're sitting in limbo, Go get them categorized to what they were for or what they're supposed to be. If you have some recurring expenses, you can set up various rules and such where they automatically categorize as they're supposed to be. So that can help save you some time as well. 
Keep in mind, though, that with your accounting software, they try to be better and faster and smarter. Software is still software. It still needs that human touch to make sure that it interpreted things correctly. So don't just rely on going, oh, okay, it's green. Or it's bolded saying that, yes, it's because there's various triggers that will say, oh, we think it's this. It's not always right. Take the time to come through and make sure it's there. If you have your shoebox of receipts or if you have your big old file drawer of receipts and documents, or if you have things just scattered on your computer, take that time, just sit down, give yourself two hours, turn on a show on a tablet or turn on some Christmas music or whatever it is you want to do there. But start to just sort through that and just set a timer, one hour, two hours, whatever it is you can do. Close your office door, tell your family, you know what, I'll be back later or get up early, stay up a little bit later, but just set that timer, do what you can, and then walk away and then come back. Uh, I can promise you, your bookkeeper, when you partner with one, I usually sit down about two hours at a time at any one client's books because your brain will hit a point where it hurts. So <laughs> set your two hours or less or whatever it is you feel comfortable doing, give it a good solid effort, but then walk away. And then go through a lot of those other things we've talked about. Do your reconciling. Set and make sure, your, like I said, your documents are in place, that things are following the numbers. Your reports are looking like what you feel like they should be. Uh, make sure there's nothing, like I said, standing in those reports that are weird. I mean, this, this is an easy one, but if you are a photographer and you've got th this categorization of uniforms, because some people will look at it and go, oh, it's uniforms. And some people also like your software. If something's sitting there, photographers don't have uniforms. Not an appropriate category to have there. So things like that. Really good, good tips and tricks. So wait, wait. So you're saying that my really great looking outfits that I wear when I'm taking photos, that's not a business expense looking fly? You know what? This is actually a, a question I get often. I don't usually give tax advice, but this is one. Anytime my, my bookkeeping clients bring it up, I fly out say, nope. You go double check your CPA, but they're going to tell you the same thing. Any sort of beauty expenses, so hair expenses, nails, makeup, clothing, things like that. Those are not taxable expenses. For most people, the only exceptions are for your clothing. Is it only able to be used for your work? So for example, clothing like a hard hat. Right. That's not something you're going to wear around the house or out for family pictures. Or Don't change me. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait okay, fair enough. So what, so what about <laughs> like, but I mean, Nate and I are both speakers and I don't know about Nate, but I have certain speaking clothes that I actually don't wear anybody anywhere else. They're not something I would ever wear. And I can't write those off. Nope. Because you <gasps> can wear them elsewhere. Ew. That's where the IRS comes in and says, as beautiful as you look, Sheila, no, you cannot write those off. Well, Sorry. lame. <laughs> those are absolutely owner draws or personal expenses. I work a lot with real estate, so real estate agents, real estate brokers. It's the exact same thing. You, you can't. Um, one of the exceptions with that, though, I believe, and I would double and triple quadruple check with your CPA on this one, but I believe military, their haircuts. So men with their haircuts, they can't write that off because it is a uniform expectation of how they groom themselves. So I believe that is that is one of those things. Now, with that said, though, if you have your like a polo done where you have your branding, that can be a business expense because that is part of your marketing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So you can do things like that as part of your marketing. So one thing that uh, we've been telling clients, you know, hey, if you want to do something fun, because, you know, with the fun things going on in 2020, there's a lot of printers that are now pulling in masks and embroidering or screen printing masks. Put your logo on it. You have to wear it to your store anyway. Put your logo on it. It's a marketing expense. And it's something you can transition from your personal over to your marketing. Mm-hmm. So something cool. to keep in mind with that. That's just a fun little tidbit. But no, your general clothing, like me getting my hair done or my clothing, whatever it may be. Nope. Can't right. touch that. And if you, if you're on my clients, I'd say, nope, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Darn it. Well, I'm telling you, Cassie, you are brilliant. I learned a ton today. This was brilliant. We didn't even want to say anything. We're like, keep I know, like the whole time. I'm like taking notes <laughs> and then you're like, and reply. I was like, I wasn't ready to apply. I was just taking notes. She's brilliant over here. <laughs> I know it. So if you have questions about bookkeeping or something, I mean, we've got Cassie's information on our website, go find her schedule a time. I know she does free consultations. So give, give her a holler and say, Hey, here's my shoebox. What do you think I should do? And she'll give you her great advice. And as you can tell, it's very concise and clean. So Cassie, you're awesome. You're amazing. Thanks for letting me come play. I, I always like to get nerdy. Thanks, Cassie. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. We love you. Yep. Thanks, Cassie. You guys too. Thank you. Well, folks, that's all for today's episode of The Messy Back End. It's Nate and Sheila signing off until next time. Thank you to our advertiser, PodServe FM. They will help you get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm forward slash messy to find out more. And thank you to our advertiser, ThriveCart. They're the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video on how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform by going to themessybackend.com forward slash subscribe and check us out on our YouTube channel for full episodes. Well, folks, that's all we have for today's episode of The Messy Backend. I'm Wendy Wybailey, known as your Income Acceleration Mentor, and I'm the founder and dean at More Coaching Client Sales and Marketing Academy. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like my backend is getting cleaner with every episode. I can tell you from my own experience that processing, looking at the messy backend situation when it happens helps you to grow and learn and be that much better as an entrepreneur. Join us again next week as experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes into the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you're not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. That's like a thing. Um, it's you know. Uh, you know. Um, but there are, that's what I say a lot is um, but. He says, uh-huh. um, you know, <laughs> Vance is like, everybody has one of those. I'm like, yeah, with the dad jokes. <laughs> it's true. Everyone has a butt. Some are bigger than others. Well, yeah. I did Google you, Cassie. Cassie's pretty awesome. Yeah. When I Googled you, I found out that you are an actress and director. And <laughs> known for Candyman, Chicago PD, and Chicago Fire. Wow, Cassie, you never told me that. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that's that's apparently I, I had a little bit of a short-term amnesia there. So because I had no idea either. Sheila did not know how old I was for the longest, longest time. I mean, I assumed that I was close. Five or six years. 
And then I made the mistake of titling my 30th birthday. Oh, like, so you're oops. 30. How do you feel about that? I'm old enough to be y'all's mama. Cassia works. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I'm saying this is because she's going to come back and look at this recording and know that we were talking about her. I was going to say, I noticed when, when that happened, I noticed. Yes. When what happens? You'll see. What? Yeah, every time you leave, we say something for you. And when you go back and watch, you'll find those little Easter eggs. Oh, like little I'm a little afraid. You should be. You should be a lot afraid. <laughs> That's you, Nate. Oh, do you want, you're giving me <laughs> We're this taking turns. <laughs> okay, this gets bleeped <laughs> out, by the way. Um, oh, no, we're leaving this in. This is, this is gold. Just I'm like, to... Nate, and go. We usually I take let's be honest right. mine are currently like four months behind well uh mine well, are have you a little done bit anything behind. in four months to be fair like <laughs> that's true. i feel like four <laughs> months build anything <laughs> all of this you know february was four months ago so <laughs> when everything <laughs> shut down just everything it was it was from the shutdown till now time just it it's an illusion